Praise God. You may be seated. Thank you, guys. They do such a great job, don't they? What a great blessing. Praise God. So, Father, we come before you today and we just touch and agree and asking, Lord God, for utterance to be given, for our hearts to be strengthened, our eyes to be enlightened. And, Lord, we thank you for the freedom that you have wrought for us. We give you glory and we give you praise for it in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Again, I want to say thank you to everybody for such a great celebration last week. Praise God, 35 years of ministry here at Heart of the Bay. We're ready to go as long as the Lord has it for us. Amen. So I want you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. And uh, I want you to notice with me in verse 7, the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. I'm going to read from the message translation. It says this. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we are a free people, free of penalties and punishments, chalked up by all of our misdeeds, and not just barely free either, but abundantly free. I like that at the end, don't you? And not just barely free either, but abundantly free. That sounds like Jesus to me. For he came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. Then going over to John chapter 8, notice with me in verse 31 and verse 32. Then said Jesus to those which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Now notice with with me. That there is power in continuing in the word. Verse 32. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now there's a blessing in continuing in the word. You have been set free once you've been born again. But you stay free and you keep free by staying in the word. By continuing in the word. There's freedom Found in God's word. Freedom comes on the wings of truth. And then looking at John chapter 8 and verse 36. And I believe this is the amplified version. But notice with me it says here. So if the son liberates you. Makes you free men. Then you are really and unquestionably free. So what have we noticed in these three verses of scripture? Number one. We are abundantly free. Number two, we are free indeed. And then number three, we are unquestionably free. Amen. So what is this freedom? I like this definition of freedom. That freedom is the state, praise God, of being exempt from the control of another person. Or really being free and exempt. From the control of anything. Now we know that our enemy Satan walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to take those whom Christ has purchased and Christ has made free and put them back into some sort of yoke of bondage. That which binds, that which holds people in bondage is not Jesus. It is the enemy. So we need to be aware of the fact, not afraid of the fact, but aware of the fact that he's on the prowl. Amen. 
as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But if you'll stay in the word and you'll stay filled with the Holy Spirit, you can say without a doubt, he may not devour me. (coughs) Say it with me. He may not not. devour me me. because I've been made abundantly and unquestionably free. Now notice with me in Galatians, the fifth chapter and verse one. So freedom has been bought and paid for. Amen. America is the land of the free and the home of the. And yet we need to stand fast in this freedom wherein we have been set free in America. There's enemies, there are adversaries to fight. Are there not? Well, the same thing is true in the kingdom of God. There is spiritual warfare out there. Not to be afraid of it, but to be aware of it. Now notice with me in Galatians, the fifth chapter, in the first verse. He says, stand, uh, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherein Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with what? Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So the Apostle Paul here in the book of Galatians is dealing with the Judaizers who wanted to slap everybody back into some sort of bondage by saying everyone needs to be circumcised. And what the reality was is Paul is saying, look, Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation and you don't have to be circumcised. All you have to do is trust him by faith. Amen. Amen. So that was one of the yokes of bondage that Paul was warning them about. But now today I want to talk to you just for a while about the bondage of fear. How many of you know that fear is a bondage? Fear is not something that you and I, it's not natural to the born again believer. Because the scripture says that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Well, if you have been set free from fear, and God didn't give you a spirit of fear, when fear knocks on your door, you can boldly say, fear, get out of here in the name of Jesus. Or we could say it this way, fear, you do not belong here, for Jesus has set me free once and for all from fear. And then go over to Romans chapter 8. And notice with me in verse 15, Romans, the eighth chapter and the 15th verse says, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to what? So we see here, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free and be not entangled, be not bound up again by a yoke of bondage. And then he tells us. That you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But what have we received? But we have received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy, Daddy. Now I want you to pay particular attention to this. The spirit of adoption. That is speaking of the Holy Spirit, is it not? So number one, we see that we're liberated through the word of God, but we also are liberated by the spirit of God on a continual basis in our lives. 
Now, I want you to notice this in 2 Corinthians, and uh, I believe it's chapter 2 and verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, the 18th verse. Actually, 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 17, excuse me. How many of you got your Bibles today? Praise the Lord. It says, now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. What does that liberty mean? There is emancipation from bondage. And there is complete and total freedom. I submit to you, the more full you are of the word and more the full of of the spirit of God you are, the more emancipation and the more freedom you will experience. Amen? Amen. Now, we need to make sure then that we stay focused on the scriptures concerning our freedom. Focus is an absolute must to succeed in life. Have you noticed that Some of the greatest athletes are some of the most focused athletes. I mean, if you will just look into the eyes of some of the Golden State Warriors in game five or game six or whatever game it was in the NBA finals, you will see nothing but focus. In other words, they were fixed and their eyes were on a goal. And what was the goal they were trying to attain? They were trying to attain the NBA championship. In order for them to do that, they had to stay focused. In order for us to succeed in life, in business, as fathers, as mothers, as grandparents, in order for us to succeed in life, it is extremely important that we stay focused. That we stay fixed on Jesus Christ, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Paul said, this one thing I do. He said, I'm forgetting those things which are behind, but today I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. God's got some marks for you and I to press toward. And if we're going to achieve those marks, it is extremely important that we stay focused. Look at your neighbor and stay, stay focused, would you? Because the truth is this. The world, have you noticed, is calling for your attention. The world is calling for your focus. There is a fight going on in the realm of the spirit for your focus. Have you ever been out to a restaurant where a lot of millennials are? And not even millennials, but baby boomers now. And they had all their friends together and they were all like this. I'll guarantee you there was no relationship building right there. I've got an idea. Why don't you just leave your phone or your iPad at home when you go out to have fellowship with another person so that you can stay focused? Just a thought. Well, you might want to bring one phone as you go in the bathroom and check your text. Stay focused. If we're going to stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, 
we must stay focused. Now look at Luke chapter 1, and notice with me in 25 through 27. Jesus, speaking of the end times of verse 25, he says, There shall be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. No, notice verse 26. Men's hearts failing them for what? We could say men's hearts failing them for fear, thus bringing them into bondage. And then it goes on to say the main reason why. And for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heavens shall be shaken. Now read verse 27 and 28 with me. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and with great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption. So what he does here is he describes two different directions that people could look at. Or two different directions that people could focus on. One brings fear and brings bondage. The other brings freedom and liberty and emancipation. Amen? So we see this in the scriptures. Two different directions we can look at. And we're all going to have to answer the question, are we looking after those things that are coming on the world or are we looking up to our redeemer because our redeemer liveth and our redemption draweth nigh you see when we're looking after those things that are coming upon this earth it can be very very discouraging but when we look up and we look unto jesus we can be encouraged every day of our life amen and so if your little world feels like it's falling apart, don't look out for fear, but look up and keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen? Thank God He's our helper. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And He will uphold us by the power of His Word. He is, in fact, the glory and the lifter up of our head. Amen? And so it takes discipline, though, to... Elevate your sight and to stay focused on him. If you found out that to be true. Now, look with me over at Luke. Or actually, uh, Psalms 121. Psalm 121. We're going to read the whole uh, psalm together. At least verses 1 through 8. Psalms 121, verse 1. Let's go. A song of degrees. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills... From whence cometh my help? My help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Come on, let's shout on that. Glory to God. If he never slumbers and if he never sleeps, that means you and I can have a good night's sleep. Hallelujah. Because he's watching over his loved ones. He's watching over his heritage. Amen. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Let's go again in verse 4. Are you ready? Behold, he that keepeth Israel 
shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Amen. The Lord is preserving you. The Lord is preserving me. You know, that's a good thing to believe. And that's a good thing to declare. Say it with me. The Lord is preserving me for he is my keeper. He is my shade. He preserves me from all evil. He preserves me when I go out. He preserves me when I go in. I'm a blessed child of God. For the Lord is keeping me. Amen. Now that lines up with scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Let me just quote it to you. It says, And the very God of peace will sanctify you wholly. And your whole spirit and soul and body will be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So get in faith on that. Believe God to be preserved. Believe God to be protected. Believe God as you stay in the word of God. And as you stay filled with the Holy Spirit of God to strengthen you and to keep you and to help you in this life. Amen. So to look up then is to look unto Jesus. Look at Hebrews, the 12th chapter. And notice with me in verse 2. Hebrews, the 12th chapter in verse 2. It says, looking away from all that will distract. Amen. That means sometimes you have to look away from people that aren't quite encouraging. That also means that you have to look away from the internet sometimes. It also means you have to look away from negative reports. Whether it be a doctor report or whether it be a report on the news about your nation or the economy. Looking away. Looking away from all and everything that would distract. Okay? Look away from all that would distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith. Now, I want you to notice this in the message translation. So let's pull that one up. This is really, really uh, a great verse. I love how the message says this. It says, so if you keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in, study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside of God. Here's another verse. I'm not sure where it is, but let me quote it to you. It says, so if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Amen. How do people that have been redeemed, how do people that have been raised up together with Christ, how do they act? How do they, how should they act? Let's, let's start there. Maybe they should get a little joy going in their lives. Amen. 
Somebody says, well, I don't feel very joyful. That's why you got to confess that I'm full of joy. I'm full of joy. And not only that, but the joy of the Lord is strengthening me today. Glory to God. Yeah, but these tests and these trials are coming my way every day. That's why he told us to count it all joy when you fall into different temptations. Why? Because you know something. You know something. You're focused on someone. You're fixed on the promises of God. And the promises of God are sustaining you and keeping you and strengthening you. Hallelujah. And causing you to triumph in life. Amen. So act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things in front of you. But look up and be alert to what's going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from His perspective. Amen. You know, the greatest action, the greatest happenings in the world today are in the kingdom of God. Amen. It's not in things. It's not in places. It's not in nightclubs. It's not in drugs. It's not in a movie theater. If you want to get in on the action, hang around with Christ. And you'll begin to see things from His perspective. So this morning, when we behold Jesus for our deliverance in any situation we face... No matter how impossible that victory may seem, when we behold Jesus, he will bring you into glorious liberty. Now, we do have time to look at Matthew 14, so let's look over there. I see many of you are, are kind of waving. Are you hot in here this morning? No, everybody's good? Okay. Matthew, the 14th chapter. Say with me, I'm looking unto Jesus. In Matthew 14... And we'll begin in verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before unto him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. How many of you know when he says you're going to the other side, you're going to the other side. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was very contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out in faith. They didn't cry out in faith. Oh, it's Jesus. Thank God. No, they cried out in fear. But straightway... Jesus came unto them saying, be of good cheer, it is I, don't be afraid. That's a good word for us, amen? And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto you on the water. And he said, come. What did he say? He said, it's me. Don't be afraid. So Peter, come. That one word come was more than enough for Peter to get out of the boat and begin to walk on the water with Jesus. And I submit to you that we have more than one word. 
I said, we have more than one word. We have 66 books of God-inspired word from heaven. Amen. And if Peter could walk on the water with one word, what can you and I do with the word of the living God? Amen. Say with me, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Now, verse 29 again. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Here we see a natural man did a supernatural thing. Peter beheld Jesus. He looked unto him, the author and the finisher of his faith, and Peter walked on the water. He was empowered to go from the natural to the supernatural beholding Jesus. And that same empowerment is available for you and I. It will enable you and I to walk in the realm of the supernatural. It will enable you to walk on top of serpents and scorpions. It'll enable you to walk, if you will, on the water as you behold Jesus. Now notice this. As long as he beheld him, as long as he stayed focused on him, as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus and on that word come, as long as he stayed focused, he stayed afloat. As long as we stay focused, we will stay afloat in this day and in this hour. I mean, a thousand may fall at your side, but 10,000 at your right hand. But oh, thank God, it's not going to come near you. Why? Because we're beholding the Lamb of God, who not only takes away the sin of the world, but we're beholding the Lamb of God who took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. We're beholding the Lamb of God who became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. We're fixed on the promises of God. We're fixed on the Master. We are fixed and we are settled and we are established as long as we stay focused. Say with me, behold Behold. the Lamb of God, God. which taketh away, away. and you can fill in the blanks. He takes away all your fears. He takes away all your lack. Hallelujah. Just raise your hand and shout for a minute. Let there be a shout in the house. Glory to God. Let there be a shout in the house. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then if you have to laugh, if you're going to laugh, just do it. Laugh by faith. Glory to God. Stay fixed. Stay focused. That's one of the greatest blessings that I've experienced in life and in ministry is just to stay focused when it looked like everything was going down. Jesus held me up. And it's not because who I am, it's because of whose I am. And it's not because of who you are, 
It's because you've fixed your gaze upon the Son of the living God and His grace and His mercy has kept you alive and kept you to this day. Isn't that good? All glory to God. Jerry Savelle says that the word focus to him means this, fixed on Christ, unlimited supply every day. Raise your hands right now with me and say, I'm fixed on Christ. Unlimited supply every day. Every day. Every day stay fixed. The days you feel good and the days you don't feel so good. The days when the sun is shining and the days when the earth is quaking. Every day. He's an everyday God. He's an everyday Jesus. Amen. So we see here that a natural man did a supernatural thing. Now notice with me in verse 30. Verse 30 says of Matthew chapter 14. But when he saw the wind boisterous, loud, tumultuous. When he saw the wind loud and boisterous, what happened to him? He was afraid. In other words, he went from the supernatural back into the natural because fear was knocking on his soul. Amen? Amen. And we've all been there, right? And so when he saw all these things, he began to be afraid. And notice with me, beginning to sink. Beginning to sink. He cried out, As he was sinking, Lord, save me. He took his eyes off him and back into the natural realm. Notice verse 31. Read it with me. This is so good. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? In other words, Jesus was saying, I've given you the word. And if you would have stayed focused on the word, you would not begin to sink. Amen. And notice with me. Your enemy is vying for your attention. He's looking for your focus to get your eyes off the Lord and on your natural circumstances. Every pressure that I face and you faced is designed to take our eyes off Jesus. And when we do, we'll begin to sink. I got a word from heaven today. It's time to behold the Lamb. It's time to get our eyes off of this and put our eyes on Him. Now, here's the good news, guys. Just as Jesus delivered Peter when he was sinking, he'll deliver you. This is not a message to condemn. This is a message to challenge. This is a message to encourage. Because all of us in this room, including myself, have been in that place in our lives where we began to sink. 
And it seemed like some of us were almost underwater. But thank God for Jesus. I said, thank God for Jesus. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. We must begin to look to Jesus who is able to keep us from falling. And if you're here this morning and you've just got one nose or one nostril above the water, I've got an encouraged word for you. He's there for you. Just as he lifted Peter, he will lift you up and he will place you back on the water to walk with him. Look with me in closing to Jude 24. Jude 24. Jude 24. Is he able to keep you from falling? Pastor Mark, I, I don't know. I just keep falling for the same thing over and over and over again. That bondage can be broken. We do not have to keep yielding to sin. We do not have to keep yielding to fear. In Jude uh, verse 24, in Jude verse 24, let's look at this and rejoice about this. Jude, the 24th verse. Now unto him. What's he able to do? What's he able to do? Is he able to keep us out of bondage? Is he able to keep us from sinking? Is he able to keep us from wavering? Is he able to keep us out of discouragement? Is he able to lift up your head and keep you far from oppression? Somebody says, well, I've yielded to fear so many times. Is he able to strengthen you to where when fear comes around the corner, you recognize it and then you resist it? He's able. God is able. And he is willing. And all he's looking for is people that will focus on him. People that will look to him. Let's read this verse. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Hallelujah. So look to him to keep you. You know, if you look at stuff around you, it'll cause you to sink. But I got to keep my eyes on the supernatural. Hallelujah. You're looking and I'm looking to the only one who can bring us out and bring us up. We're looking to the only one that can quicken our mortal bodies. Say with me, Jesus, my rock, my lily of the valley. My bright and morning star, my balm of Gilead, my rock of ages, the great I am. I look unto you and I behold the lamb and stay fixed and focused upon you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, did you get anything out of this today? It's a good word.